a product of the Whisper Forge. Sound and story brought to life. You're listening to a parody that is not affiliated with or endorsed by Supergiant Games in any way. We're just big old nerds making improv fanfiction. Rogue Runners is rated R for pretty much everything you can find in Greek mythology. Violence, assault, self-harm, offensive language, insensitive humor, and intense themes. We encourage everyone to check out our show notes and transcripts on our website at whisperforge.org. Are you ready to run? Then welcome to Volume 1 in the Blood. It is a very rainy day, and you've forgotten to dress for the weather. You've been forgetting a lot of things lately, but you remembered that today is important for some reason. You can't remember why, but you're having company over later today, isn't that right? And um, you, you need to bring some food home to entertain your guests. Yes, that's right, so you had to go out and get some food. The bags are so heavy, and maybe your arms just aren't as strong as they used to be. You are startled by a loud and crackling voice. The next red line train to Alewife will arrive in five minutes. The rain gets heavier and heavier. You've forgotten your umbrella and you're getting wet, so you take a few steps back from the landing and wait under the awning of the train platform for cover from the rain. You watch the rain batter down onto the cement. Once upon a time, you used to be able to hear every single raindrop each an individual note, all of them playing one after the other, syncopating, arpeggiating, coalescing into beautiful music. You used to hear music everywhere. Now, you look at the rain, and you don't hear a single drop. It is complete silence to you. At times, maybe the volume rises to a low, blurred static at best. Suddenly, the soundscape shatters as a train barrels into the platform, a bolt of sonic thunder crashing into the space within it. The doors to the train open. What do you do? Annie gets on. It feels like a long walk from the awning to the train doors. You pick up your pace as you worry the doors have been open too long and may close soon. When you finally get inside, you're out of breath. As you take a seat across from the doors, closing briskly behind you, you look back at the platform through the windows. You forgot your groceries. They stand there in little paper bags, greens leaning just so over the top. It's too late. The doors have already closed, and the train has begun moving again. Inside, the lights flicker from time to time over various ads mounted above the doors and windows. One catches your eye. Are you depressed? Do you suffer from self-doubt and difficulty experiencing joy? If you are a woman 65-plus years of age, you may qualify for a study at Mass General Hospital, compensation up to $250 for seven weeks. 
On the train, you see an old man at the far edge of the train car. He's obscenely tall, maybe six foot seven, and he alternates between picking at his scabs and picking at his nose. On the opposite end of the car, you see a young, shifty-eyed man trying to conceal something in his front pockets of his black hoodie, the hood of which has been pulled up tight over his head. Near you stands a man with his hand hanging onto an overhead strap. A large red hiking backpack obscures most of his view. They all seem familiar to you. What do you do while you wait to arrive at your destination? Annie would like to just look out the window. The scabby man gets a really good peel on one of his scabs, and he starts to chew on it as he kind of looks out the window. The man with the backpack eats some trail mix, (laughs) and then he's going to offer some trail mix to Annie. Here, lady. Want some trail mix? (laughs) Eat this trail mix, girl. Oh, my God. (laughs) And he's going to look at this strange man offering her trail mix and just politely shake her head and, um, no, thank you, and go back to looking out the window. Suit yourself. More for me. You eat very noisily. (laughs) Was it not clear that the old guy was supposed to be Rolf? I, I thought it was clear. <laughs> and that the hooded guy was supposed to be Arete. Okay. And the red backpack was supposed to be Alexander. More for me. I thought it was clear. Uh, okay. I just related to old McScabbington, so okay. I, I went no, for I it. I still love that. I think that's funny. I just That's so interesting. Okay. Three feet by four feet. Three feet by four feet. Three feet by four feet. That's the hooded guy. Oh, what the fuck is that? Um, Okay, so Annie, you look out of the windows onto the rainy day, and then finally the train makes its way underground. Your eyes begin to feel very heavy, and you close them. The rattling of the train is not music to you, but you feel the low rumble beneath your feet. Close your eyes, and you see if you can try to at least hum its tune. Now arriving at Alewife. This is the final destination of this train. Please be sure to collect your belongings before you exit the train. Another more human voice comes on after the recording. Alewife! Alewife! Waiting for you on the platform is a short, older man. His neat salt and pepper hair frames his thick black horn-rimmed glasses. At his waist, a small clip holds a white card on which you see his photograph. It reads, Peter Philippakis, MD. He seems worried sick about you. When you exit the train, he runs over to you, and you see his lips moving, but you hear no sound. He sees that you don't understand, and then he reaches his hand over to your ear, and suddenly his voice comes back to you. My god, Annie, I've been worried sick about you. You can't just go wandering off like that. Sorry. Sorry, Peter. Where did you go? You said you were picking up groceries. I I was. Um, I did. I, I... I, f- I forgot them. I, I'm sorry. Uh, don't don't be. It's okay. We've we've got plenty of food at home. More than enough food at home. Come on. Everybody's waiting. Um, he puts his hands on his waist and he looks around the platform and he says, "I'm just happy I found you. I thought I'd lost you for real this time." Hey, did you guys need a snack? As the scabby man passes by, he picks his nose and pulls out a real big booger. We're really not looking for any trouble, sir. No trouble at all. Just a fine little boogie. No, no, thank you. Anyone? No. Okay, more for me then. And he puts his finger in his mouth as he gobbles up the boogie and moves along the platform into areas unknown. Annie is going to grab Peter's hand and just 
not looking at him, but just say, Peter, can we go home, please? I'm, I'm really tired, and I'm soaking wet, and I would just like to rest. Yeah, Annie, let's get you home. He puts out the crook of his elbow for you to take it as he then starts leading you to the elevator to exit Alewife Station, but you notice the other passengers are taking the stairs. Later in the car, you were driving your way through a little town called Arlington, Massachusetts. As the rain has begun to clear, you see the sun shining again. And as the sun shines in through the window, you almost feel as if you can begin to hear music again. You feel this temptation to roll down the window if you so choose. Annie rolls down the window. As you roll down the window, all of life is making music around you. The petals are blowing in the wind, and as the wind blows through, it rustles the grass and adds this beautiful background music to the birds tweeting overhead. And it is as if you were listening to the music you used to make as a child. Annie leans like her head on the door, letting the wind hit her face, but just like a small smile creeping up. As you do this, Peter drives with one hand, and he quickly glances at you worriedly, and then he looks back at the road, and then he looks back at you again, and then finally a smile breaks on his face as he sees you smiling out the window. He seems to almost choke up for a moment. When you finally arrive at your house, you see many, many cars parked in front of the house. He parks the car well down the driveway. He says, I told them to leave us room. And then he closes the door, he gets out, and he opens your side of the door. Peter, what are all these people doing here? You know what today is, right? No. I'm sorry, I don't. Um, oh, it's okay. You said you said you had to get food for company, so I thought maybe you remembered the date. It's okay. We have we have lots of food inside. Everyone is really excited to see you. What? Why? You'll you'll see when we get inside. Okay. He helps you out of the car, and then he starts walking you up the driveway. You pass a beautifully tended garden that you are certain is yours. You see a bee buzzing on a flower nearby. And it is also music to you. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Do not come alive as the bee. Do not! There's a lake in the distance, and a little no. fish jumps out and winks at you. Oh, no. Finally, you get to the door, and Peter <laughs> takes out his keys, and he opens the door, and it leads into this beautiful foyer. And you see about 20 to 25 people inside, and all of them say, Happy birthday, Grandma! You see little bits of confetti flying as people blow into little kazoos, and you see balloons hung everywhere in other colors. You see a colorful lettering that says happy birthday grandma on it and you see several generations of your family smiling and clapping and cheering for you. Grandma! 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 And a small little toddler runs up to Annie and Grandma! Grandma! Airplane! Airplane! Grandma! She's so old! Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) A teenage girl elbows her boyfriend in the ribs and says, Alex, you can't just say people are old. It's my grandma. Come on. A mother runs up to the little baby toddling towards Annie saying, Grandma! Grandma! And says, Ari, honey, you can walk? And uh, quickly picks up baby Ari and and bounces her up and down. Wee! Airplane! Airplane! Do you remember now, Peter says to you? Annie's just gonna lean into Peter and, and say, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm trying, I, obviously it's, it's my birthday. <laughs> um, and then she's gonna move back out towards the crowd and just start saying thank yous and start, you know, giving people hugs and kisses on the cheek uh, and just thanking them for being here. You were giving people kisses on the cheek and hugs and thanking people and then periodically you have to sit down and as you do you see someone come up to you and it's a young woman. She says um 
Professor Fantasis? Yes, yes. Uh, Hi. Oh, uh, pr- professor, I just wanted to say, um, first of all, happy birthday. Congratulations. Oh, my goodness. Um, y- You may not remember me. I was your student maybe about uh, 10 years ago, but... um. Well, I'm actually I'm flying out to play in Sydney tomorrow, and I just wanted to say, you know, you really, you're you're the whole reason I'm doing this. I, w- I wouldn't have um, I wouldn't have gotten anywhere without you. You really helped me hear the music again, and um, I got you a little something just as a thank you, if if, if that's if that's appropriate. Um, she pulls out a box behind her and she hands you the box. Oh, thank thank you, thank you. Um, and Annie will open the box. When you open the box, you see a book inside the box and the book says Microcosmos by Bartok, Volume 6. The student says, you let me borrow one ten years ago and I never gave it back and I felt terrible, but um, I'm I'm so grateful for it and I I just thought I would get you a new one. Look, and then she reaches over to Microcosmos, Volume 6, and she flips through and she says, pick one, any one, I'll play it right now. Um, I was wondering where my book went. That's thank you. This is so kind. Um, all right, and Annie picks one. Okay. Roll two d tens, but tell me each result individually. That is a ten and a one. <laughs> okay. Huh. All right. She takes the book from you and she smiles and she says, six dances in Bulgarian rhythm one." And then she walks over to this beautiful grand piano. It's in the space between the living room and the kitchen, and she sits down to play. And it seems almost discordant and unmusical in some ways, but as you hear this music, it slowly, slowly starts to come together for you that this is actually an etude of sorts, so it's more like a piano exercise, but like a professional piano exercise that people do. So it's it's partly musical, but partly technical. And your student plays this piece for about two minutes, and then turns back to you and smiles. That was wonderful. Lovely. Annie will start to applaud and... and rise to walk over to her student and just say you'll do just fine over in Sydney the student looks at you confused and says Sydney? I'm sorry did you not say that's um is that not where you're performing? Oh my goodness I would love to be performing in Sydney I'll be in Prague this weekend um but I thought I'd swing by and just say hello before I left of of course so sorry grandma grandma do do you know how to play? oh um excuse me and Annie is going to look towards the voice speaking to her. Grandma, my mom, mommy says you know how to Tommy, play. Tommy, Tommy. Grandma, play, play Star Wars. Tommy, Billy, stop, stop bothering, stop bothering. I, mom. Mama, I wanna, I'm so I sorry, mom. Play. mom it's I, all right, it's all right. I'm sorry, uh, George was supposed to be here to watch the kids, but it's, work got in the way. He just my, couldn't be here. Dear, it's all right, it's all right. Um, and with that, Annie is going to uh, gesture towards her student to scoot over so that she can take a seat behind the piano. Grandma, can you do Star Wars? Billy, Grandma will play what she wants to play. Just let her play, please. Mm. Mom, does she know how to do Little Einstein? <laughs> Did you say Little Einstein? Yeah, does she know how to do Little Einstein? I only wonder pets. Finally, you see George walking over. He says, kids, stop bothering Grandma. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I know I said I was going to watch it. Well, oh, uh, Go, go play a go 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 play a Minecraft. Okay, stop bothering Grandma. George, I told you no work calls at Grandma's party. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, I, I I'm very sorry. You know I've I, 
Okay, fine. Yep, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And then he chucks the phone behind him passive aggressively. Oh, 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 we will be having a serious conversation about this later. Annie is going to obviously hear this, see this, and gesture over towards Tommy, who I want to say is the one who wanted little Einstein's. Yes. And pat the seat next to her so that he'll hopefully come join her. He will walk up to the bench. But it's at about chest height, so he, like, awkwardly, like, grabs your thigh and the bench to try and pull himself up. And then he sits next to you and leans his head against your side. Then Annie will start to gently take his hands and just teach him just a little bit just how to press the keys and what keys to press to get more of a sort of major key and just to fiddle a little bit. I like music, Grandma. Tommy, I found... (coughs) Tommy, I found Diamond. I, I found music. Okay. But you want to learn how to play music? He ignores you and he plays on a switch and coughs and eats crackers. I like music, Grandma. Can you teach me how to play like you? Of course, Tommy. I'll teach you how to play just like me. Even better than me. <laughs> Thanks, Grandma. George is going to be looking around. Boring says, so, uh, all right, uh, Grandma Annie, I heard you, uh, you, you're a bit of a pianist yourself. I am at the keys, George. Yeah, why don't you why don't you why don't you play us a little tune for George, us? George, George, don't push her. I don't. What? I, it's it's her goddamn piano. We paid thirty five thousand dollars for this piano. She's not even gonna play. George, on it. I know, but she she hasn't been the same recently. And I o- only if you want. Thank you. Annie will start to play the piano. What does Annie play? Uh, one of her favorite Vivaldi pieces. All right, make a performance check with disadvantage. Disadvantage? Oh no. It's a 30 or a 24. So I guess 24. <laughs> Damn, all right. So that's still very good. So you start pressing on the keys and you start going. And you have inspiration, but there are these moments you feel like you were playing at some kind of disadvantage. Like there are moments where your hand just moves to the keys and you are certain you were pressing on those keys, but you just don't hear any notes coming out of them. But you just keep playing and everyone around you is transfixed. And then at the very finish of it, it looks like a butterfly has just creeped out beneath the keys and flies away, but nobody sees it but you. But everybody claps and is very, very moved. And even George is just like... See, she's fine. She's amazing. If you just asked her to do this more often, she'd be so much better off. George, can we not talk about this right now? Okay, okay, yeah. All right, of course. Well, there's never a good time, sure. Grandma, you're you're cool. Uh, You're my best friend. (laughs) You're my best friend too, Tommy. (laughs) And then you hear another one of your daughters call out, All right, it's time for cake. Everybody gather around. I love cake. Let's go get some cake, Tommy. You too, Billy. Come on. (laughs) You say this, Annie, but you don't even feel yourself moving towards the place where the cake is. Just the next thing you know, you are in front of the cake and everybody is clapping and smiling around you and they are singing happy birthday to you. And you see on the cake, it says happy birthday, Grandma Annie. And you see two candles on it and it says eight, seven. Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. Happy birthday Happy birthday to you. And everybody claps.
Claps and cheers. And Annie, this to you, the happy birthday song, you were confident this has nothing to do with your hearing condition. The happy birthday song to you has always felt like a funeral dirge and never more so than today. But everyone expectedly looks at the two little flickering flames on the eight and the seven waiting for you to blow it out. Everybody just just squeeze in a little bit. Just get in there. I just want to get everyone in the the photo. Come on. Well, no, you're supposed to get the photo before she blows out the candles. I want to get her in the moment. It's more natural that way. Okay, okay. Turn the flash off. You know she doesn't like the flash. Annie's going to do her best. Grant, is it okay if we have the flash on? No, no. T- I it, just it, said turn I the just flash let off. Her, she can make Annie her blows out the candles. Oh, Annie just okay. blows them out. Annie, did you make a wish? No. Everybody is still arguing that it takes them a few seconds to notice you've blown it out. So then they all go, oh, 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 yay. Oh, yay. Okay. Oh, man. Um, and then, and then oh. somebody reaches to give her the knife. And then someone else spots it and says, don't give her a knife. She can't hold a knife. Just let me cut it. I'll cut it. I'll cut it. I'll do it. I'll just, just give it here. And then people start cutting up and divvying up the cake. Me first. Me, 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 me. No, Grandma gets the first one. It's always the birthday person gets uh, the first you, one. You, you go ahead. You go ahead. No, have... the birthday person is supposed to cut up the cake for everybody else, and then they get the last slice or a slice, but not the birthday first Birthday person one. can't do all the work. That's not fair. Okay. And he's going to ignore the fighting and go outside. On your way out, as you hear like the arguing getting further, you feel someone tugging at your shirt. I will look at the person tugging or thing tussing, tugging at my shirt. Grandma. Uh, I got you this. And he hands you, like, a little crumpled up flower that he seems to have plucked out of your front yard. Ah. Happy birthday, Grandma. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. That's so sweet. Do you want cake? George! George! George, where did Tommy go? You were supposed to be watching him! Oh my god, I had to I had to go get a Tommy, go. Tommy, mommy's calling. For the for the stupid fucking candles, because you don't Tommy, go to mommy and grab some cake, okay? What kids around us? You said I lost them. Oh, for crying out loud. Happy birthday, Grandma. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. Oh, Tommy, there you are, Jesus. Oh gosh. And I grab Tommy's hand and I pull him back towards the action of the party. Anna, you finally exit out into now the cool twilight air of your garden, which you have tended all of these years. What have you planted? Tulips. Lots and lots of tulips. What colors? Um, there are black tulips, white tulips, red tulips too, maybe some yellow as well. All right. You find yourself in your garden and you are feeling very, very tired and your limbs are getting heavy. It's getting harder to breathe a little bit and you're just feeling super, super, super sleepy. So you take a seat in your garden just on the grass next to the dirt in one of the plots of tulips that you've placed. You lean back and you hold your face up to the sun which is now finally shining down on the garden and you feel the wet earth from the rain under your feet and under your legs and on your hands and then you hear a voice from nowhere in particular and sometimes it sounds like many voices speaking out to you and says did you really need the music to go on living young bard i suppose not are you happy with the life you've made for yourself i don't know If you could imagine any other life for yourself, what would it have been? I can't. Is there anything else you wish to do? Is this it? It needn't be. It feels like it is. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Annie, you're feeling sleepier than you've ever felt. 
You hear the smattering of piano keys from inside as small children play on the piano but don't know how to play music. Somewhere you hear Peter's footsteps as he comes out into the garden and rushes to you, but he sounds so far away. You hear the bees buzzing all around the tulips and the other plants in your garden. You hear the dirt crunch under your fingertips as you squeeze into it, even though you're feeling all your strength leaving your hands now. You hear people shouting in the house. You hear several generations of a family that you have given birth to and raised, all laughing and joking and bickering with each other inside. You hear the sun rays beaming onto your face, and all of it, all of it, sounds like music. You emerge from the pool of sticks. Rolf, you see Annie, Arete, and Alexander just a little bit ahead of you in line. The line seems to be getting more and more dense with every escape attempt. So the line is really long now. Only Hypno seems to be holding court. And you're all there. Hey, buddy. Nice to see you again. I'm not even going to greet them. I'm just going to jump right into the conversation and go, you know, my biggest mistake was giving them information for free. I should have made a freaking arrangement before saying anything. God fucking damn it. Let's go again. Uh, these people are immaterial, right? Yeah. Yeah, Alexander's just walking through the line. Hypnos is at the front. So you're going to say, oh my gosh, you guys died again already. Let me guess. Was it uh the wretched heretics? Those are a real pain in the butt, you know. I you stab Hypnos. So <gasps> uh, do you actually? Yeah. Okay, go ahead and roll an attack roll. I thought there was no fighting allowed in the house of Hades. No, there's no way. Is there anything that I can roll to assist in the stabbing? <gasps> you can do something called the help action. If I get two attacks, that's a 10 to the 12, but they're both really bad, so. You have one with advantage because Arete is helping you. So how do you help him? Because I am so skilled in the style of sword craft. I am going to give some hot tips on the gripping of his hilt. You want it to be nice and firm in the hand, Alexander, but but you want the fluidity of the motion as well. Oh, so it's got to be yes. nice and tender as if you're holding a lover. Right. That is a 22. That hits, so roll up your damage. Seven. You know what? I'm going to make it a divine smite. <laughs> Great. So I'm going to do it at a, at a second level. So that would be 3d8 and then plus an extra d8 because he's a fiend. Okay, so that's 25. Yeah, so Alexander walked through the crowd standing in line. Hypnos was going off. Oh, did this kill you? Did that kill you? And with a, like eyes half closed, uh, very annoyed, Alexander just picks up his sword and stabs right through Hypnos. Divine smite. <laughs> Ow! That really hurt! Why would you do that? He drops his tablet, and the tablet shatters on the ground. And when you do that, um, Orpheus's music stops playing. Everybody gasps. All the shades stop and, like, just stare. What? They get to kill us over and over again, but we're not allowed to retaliate? Can't even have a conversation with someone before they pull you into a black hole of death. I don't know what that means, but, yeah, it's called an escape attempt. Anyway, so what was it that killed you? A black hole of death? Have you tried maybe jumping out of the black hole of death? 
That's a good idea. I didn't ask to be here. Yeah, we're really concerned about our friend Rolf here. I don't think he's meant to be here, you know? He's meant to be in some other Valhalla place or something. He shouldn't be here. It seems like things are falling apart here, Hypnos. I'm not sure you're doing the best job without Zagreus here. Uh, he looks really sad. He goes, I know, I've been really trying my best. Well, Hypnos, I actually have some information that could be very useful to you regarding the state of things here. However, obviously, we need some sort of help here. We, we, we need assistance, so... You just stabbed me! No, I didn't stab you. He stabbed me. I stabbed you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he treats you as an Olympiad. Well. It's almost as if the actions of individual members of the Olympiad reflects on the Olympiad. Where is Zagreus anyway? Well, let's see. I saw him pop out of the pool of sticks not too long ago, and it was so weird. I couldn't even see anywhere on a tablet a cause of death. Neither could we, actually. Hold on. Your tablet tells you cause of death. Why were you asking us what killed us? Why didn't you just know? It's a bit of an icebreaker. You can't just say something nice, like you look nice today. You look nice today. Thank, thank, thank you. <laughs> it's always about death here. I'm going to pull <laughs> Rolf aside. Well, Arete is going to pull Annie aside. <laughs> when you guys pull people aside, all the shades are still waiting to be processed, but make a, an insight check. That's a 20. Arete's insight check was a 6. 21. 27. Okay, so anybody who got 15 or better on insight, you see Hypnos turn away kind of just towards the wall. He's on the ground. He's kind of just like kneeling to like put together the pieces of his tablet. And you see his hands shaking. You see like some teardrops fall onto oh. um, the, the stone tablet. Annie wants to go and help Hypnos. Hypnos, I'm really sorry about that. I think, I, I, I know, I think they're just not, I mean, none of us are used to dying, I guess, but I, they're taking it really hard and I, I, I don't, I don't think they, they, they didn't mean that. You're doing your best and I think that reflects on you and clearly something is going on down here so we can't blame you but they're no they're not very good i think with processing their emotions just yet i'm working on it i'm still I, i'm trying to get them there but that's gonna i mean you know that's a they're all i mean hey but i just wanted to say that uh, on their behalf on our whole olympiad's behalf whether or not they believe it um we're sorry and um keep 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 up keep up uh the the best work that you're trying to do um, to the best of your ability. Um, yeah. At this point, when you're finally up close to Hypnos, you notice that Hypnos's cape is actually a giant weighted blanket, <gasps> and he just kind of pulls it tighter around himself, and he goes, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Of, of, of course I'm doing my best. I mean, of course I'm not as good as my brother, and of course everybody else is so really powerful and strong and can just walk around and stab people, and <laughs> yeah, you know, it's really funny. I was looking through the tablets, and you know, lots of people come through here with toxic masculinity written as their cause of death, but you know, I didn't see it over here, so I didn't think that was going to be an issue, but I guess it was. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hang on no, no. a second. Uh, and you see him just kind of like hyperventilating and he is like really just like he like can't catch his breath and you see like tears forming at the corner of his eyes and he kind of just like clutches his chest and like he is like having a full blown panic attack. Yeah. And he's just going to like not going to touch him but it's going to be like, hey, hey, okay. Hey, go ahead and name 
just name five things in the room for me. Oh, just five things uh, that you uh, see. Uh, let's see. There, there is a a, a, a giant three-headed dog over in the corner, and um, there. Okay, that's one or three. One. We'll count um, one. There, there, there's a there's a there's a broken tablet. There's a broken tablet at my floor, at my feet, which I dropped because I'm an idiot. Yeah. I Hi. Just, okay. I, okay. I'm all over the place. Just I'm three. So just three more things. Not holding three this house together like I'm supposed to. Like a cathartic god is supposed to. Um. Um, there's, uh, there's screen torches on the, on the wall, and, um, there, I've got my blanket, I've got my blanket, uh, and he tugs the blanket closer to himself, and he goes, uh, and, uh, and, uh, I got my quill, oh, wait, just kidding, I don't actually see my quill anywhere, I don't know where it is, have you seen it? I'll help you look for it, but hey, your blanket's really nice, what, what, what do you like about that, what do you like about your blanket? Uh, I don't know, I, uh, uh Nick, Nick's had it, uh, woven for me, because she said it would help me calm down. Does it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah? Uh, uh. I don't know. Makes me feel like a, like a big fat baby. Well, hey, that's no, that's not an issue. Hey, quit it! Stop laughing. Arete is not laughing. Michael is at the at the pause. I I don't care. There's nothing wrong with being a big fat baby. Everyone loves a big fat baby. We were all big fat babies at one point, and people loved it. We were so cute. And hey, you're, you're still really cute. I was a skinny legend baby. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Well, I was chubby as heck, and I still am, and that's fine. It's not the point. I feel like you're focusing on the fat part of the baby, which was really not the point. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm talking... The, the other two in my head are. There's so many voices in my head, Hypnos, but that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, Hypnos, you're telling me. <laughs> Hypnos, I just want you to know, yeah, you might be a, you, you might be a god, but that... We all have our bad days. That's okay. Yeah, this is this is like pretty much up there in like one of the worst days ever. I've never had somebody try to kill me. Well, hey, after today is tomorrow and you never have to do today again. What even is tomorrow? I couldn't tell you. That's later. Now's now. No, I mean, it's hard to tell when there's even a oh. passage of time around here. Well, I mean, look, you went from getting stabbed to then right here in this moment and now we're having a conversation so we're already past it if you really want to um think about it but hey um again i'm really sorry but it seems like you you calmed down a little bit and can i help you fix your tablet is there anything i can do i mean if i wasn't such a klutz i wouldn't have broken it right no so. no hey hey and she's gonna like look hypnos in the eye and be like hey you just got stabbed okay I think that's a pretty fair reaction. It's my fault. I guess I should just try to avoid getting stabbed. Why can't I think of that? No. Huh? Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. He's going to pull up the various pieces of his tablets. I, I got to uh, go find a way to stick this back together. So sorry, everybody. Sorry for the wait. It's going to be a little bit longer. Okay, it's bye. It's not your fault. And then he is going to vanish. While all that is happening, we are going to move to the aside uh, and just quickly resolve that. So Rolf and Alexander. Listen, Rolf, I don't think... You don't believe you're supposed to be here, and frankly, I don't believe I'm supposed to be here either. Yes. Do you still have that nectar on you? I do. I believe we have several nectars, actually. I think we can get some answers in the administration room. Well, you know what? At this point, I'm down for anything. I'm... I'm sorry. I, this is not normally in my nature, but something about this is just really pissing me off. Um, I agree. I only expected to die once and not three times. I, we had so many good boons. We had so many good boons. I thought we were going to make it. And then we died. Oh, the gods have failed me by now. I have no 
sympathy for them. Well, I, I got us a little more, um, uh, I got us a key and uh, a little bit of darkness, so at least we'll be a little more powered next time, but Jesus Christ, man, I don't know who that is, but uh, it just felt like a good exclamation. I don't um, even want to succumb to these hunger games. I'd rather just get to the heart of the matter. Well, no, certainly, I, I, I look, I wasn't going to stop you because I was a little pissed off too, but I think brute force is not really going to get us any answers, but if you propose using the nectar, that might fly a little better. If you'd come with me to the administration, we'll see if we can make our way inside. Gladly. Is Arete doing anything at this point? Arete did not do well on his insight check, so he just kind of watched Annie talking with Hypnos, but he didn't hear, and he's just kind of gazing into the middle distance, eyes kind of glazed over, just contemplating death, because he can't contemplate life, because that's not a thing anymore for him. Okay, what's Annie doing? You see Arete standing there, you see Alexander and Rolf potentially making their way for the West Wing, but you don't know. Yeah. Annie definitely watches them walk away, and she hesitates to go after them, but then, I don't know, she kind of, she just, she, she knows that whatever she has to say to them will fall on deaf ears, and so Annie's gonna, like, try and turn to make her way towards... Orpheus. Also of note is Cerberus sleeping next to the giant <laughs> desk. I should make that clear. Cerberus hasn't been there, right? He wasn't there the last time. Rolf would like to stop and check in with Cerberus on the way to the administrative ring. Cerberus doesn't even seem to regard you, really. There's tons of shades go in and out of here all the time. Uh, I'm going to lean in closer, but still at a safe distance and go, Alexander, give me a second. I saw Zagreus die, Cerberus. It just goes, mm-hmm. Do you know what's going on here? I like wines. I also like wine. <laughs> uh, may I pet you? It just rests its three heads on the ground. Okay, I'm going to hold a hand out, and can I roll, like, insight to see if I can, like, read if it's... You can roll animal handling. Okay, I'll roll animal handling to see if it's going to murder me. Oh, 17. You got a sense that only one of its heads likes to be petted. I pet that head. I'm a, I have a feeling it's the one all the way on the right. Okay, uh, you pet the one on the right, and nothing bad seems to happen, but it allows you to pet it. Good boy. Okay, back to business. And I'm going to walk with Alexander. Okay, I'm going to word inspiration to Rolf. Hey! So, Annie, you walk over to Orpheus. Orpheus has stopped playing, and he looks very startled. Hey, hey, Orf. Um, did, did you happen to happen to see all that? He, he just kind of distractedly looks up and says, my student. And then goes back down to tra- tuning his lyre. Um, Orpheus, I really hope um, I, I know that a lot of people think that because um, we're we're an Olympiad and everything that we all we, we act as an Olympiad, but, but, but I just wanted to um, reassure you that we don't. We do not. What just happened? I, I, I didn't like that. And um, I'm sorry you had to see that. Orpheus kind of looks up at you with these sunken eyes and then just remarks, Hypnos happens to be one of the kindest Chthonic gods I've ever known. He has been witness to uh, many beratings from the Lord of the House of Hades, directed at me and other Chthonic gods, and he's always been simply um, a very positive presence. Uh, I I will remark that much, and um, it is painful to see people be cruel to him. That is really all I have to say on the matter. And Annie's gonna like flop down onto the floor and sit like crisscross applesauce because there's no chair next to me. I know, I don't under. They, he, he just, he just did that. He just stabbed him. Didn't even talk about it. And no one, no one did anything. And I don't, I don't, I don't understand, Orpheus. And I, I, I know 
you have really helped me in processing emotions and understanding it. But it's like, I can't, I, I don't know, maybe it's just, you're just such a great teacher and, and, and person, well, God, kind of, um, but I just, I don't know what to do, I can't get through to them. There's not that. At this Orpheus says, what I know about Lord Zagreus is he happens to be an excellent judge of character. He gives people chances even when others think they don't deserve them. He sees the best in them. Clearly, when he formed the Olympiads, he saw the best in your Olympiad as well. Perhaps there are redeeming qualities to your compatriots. I have yet to see them, but I will trust in his judgment. I wouldn't blame you, especially after just now. I'll... I'm sorry. I'll leave you to tuning, and um, I'm going to go grab a chocolate milk. Do you want anything? Uh, no, that's quite all right, but uh, maintain your studies when you can. Thanks, Orf. He nods and goes back to tuning his Lyra, which you get the sense is more busy work than something he actually has to do. So what's happening now? Who's doing what? Before we go, I'm actually going to grab Arate. Okay. And hopefully drag him along. Arate was like almost this weird trance kind of staring into <laughs> that middle distance. It was almost like he went to like a meditative place and he was deep in thought. And then being dragged along by Alexander, that moment when you're like suddenly brought down to earth happens and he shakes his head and he looks around as if he does not remember where he was. Alexander grabs his wrist. Come, thief. We may need you. Yeah, sure, bud. Whatever you need. Uh, okay, yeah. So, Alexander, yeah, you, you have your grip on Arete. You're leading him. Okay. And then I get back to Rolf and I nod to like head to the administration. Uh, you notice the house of Hades is eerily quiet. Like... Whatever bustle there was, everyone is just like, it's like everybody witnessed a stabbing and just has to go along like it's normal. It's Hades. So like every single one of your steps just kind of echoes throughout the hall, uh, the the house of Hades. It, have we, f okay. <laughs> I figured that happens on the daily. Not in, not in the house. Okay. Do we see down the hall like Achilles in front of the door of the administration? Yeah. You're in the gallery and you see Achilles standing in front of the administrative chamber. Okay. And I'd say, wait here. We may need a distraction. If we do, I'm going to wink at you. I think I'm I think I'm one of the more charming, Alexander. You try talking to him, and if he doesn't, I will try to persuade him using the power of a nectar. And if that fails, perhaps a rete. Right. That's that is my thinking. If he doesn't take the nectar, that uh we need to lure him away. Is there a uh, specific distraction you had in mind you'd like me to carry out, or is it dealer's choice? All of your voices are just, like, echoing off of Even the whispering? Of the House of Hades. Like, your whispers are just, like, I mean, you can whisper, but it's, like, it's really, like, I'm trying to emphasize, like, nobody's making any noise around you. Well, all the more powerful distraction, I suppose, with a quiet house. All right. Arete's gonna go ahead and lean on, like, the wall, kind of, like, near, like, the entrance of the gallery, I guess, is where we were. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and lean on the wall there. He's gonna take out Lavoie, and he is going to begin to polish and clean his weapon. And Rolf and I will walk to Achilles. All right, yep, he's standing there. Make an inside check. Eleven. Seven. Yep, you walk up to him. He's there. We need to get inside, and, uh... I nod to uh, Rolf to flash the neck. Oh, damn, we're going straight for that. Okay. And you will cut through me to do that? I'll let Rolf uh, speak. Look, uh, Achilles, hello, my name is Rolf, and he's going to hold out his hand. Uh, okay, don't take it. Uh, I assume you are, of course, off-put by the commotion that just occurred. 
I, I thought I had be... taught my students better than to draw a blade in a fight they know they can't win. Well, perhaps I should have been your student. Um, I have heard tale of your wonderful deeds, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know why I'm here. I'm much like your student here, I have many questions. Uh, and I'm, I'm just finding incredible cruelty in many of the steps of this process. Something is not right. Furthermore, and he's going to do his best to lower his voice at this, and he's going to go, I know things are falling apart here. I've heard Megara discussing it. I've heard Thanatos discussing it. Furthermore, I know that Zagreus can no longer escape. I saw him die in Tartarus in a fountain room. His face darkens as you say this, as if this is news to him as well. Most peculiar. And I can tell that you find it odd as well. So, I'm all for peace and harmony and whatever it is. But if things are going to be falling apart and you're going to be suppressing it from all of the people here, then something has to change. Of course, we have our goals and we have our questions that we want answered. But I'm not opposed to helping the house prosper along the way. And we think the best way to do that would be to gain access. Look, I'll be completely honest with you. I came with the intention of trying to bribe you with the nectar. However, I think you are far too intelligent to be bribed. So if you want a nectar, you know what? I'm happy to give it to you, if nothing else, as a thank you for the service you've done for Alexander. But I plead with you, honestly, as someone who is looking for answers. Okay, make a persuasion check with disadvantage. Or you could <laughs> use your inspiration to just make it a regular roll. I will make that a regular roll. That's a 19. Not even my dearest friend could get into here without access from the house contractor. <sighs> the house contractor has not given me any sort of indication as to how we may go about attaining that. Do you know anything that could help us with these with these questions, with these problems? Clearly something is falling apart here. Somebody who could order around the house contractor might be able to commission a contract from them. So Zagreus? Perhaps. Or Hades himself? Wherever he may be? That's likely. No one else comes to mind? Perhaps Mother Nix. Good to know. Well, um, I think it's clear that we have done damage to our image within the House of Hades, and we will have to deal with whatever the repercussions for those are. However, uh, I thank you for your candidness, and I hope that you can see that although our actions are uh, less than perfectly thought out, we do not wish harm upon anyone. Uh, That said, as a thank you for your troubles, I would like to give you this uh, nectar. I'm, I really am not trying to gain anything. I, I just hope that it's something you can enjoy. Achilles eyes Alexander and says, Is my kid not even man enough to speak to me? What would you have me say? He accepts the nectar and he nods and he says, What is this? A bribe? I, no, I, I just told you it's it's not a bribe. It's a, I suppose it's a thank you for your candidness and a little bit of an apology for the disorder we've without question caused. Okay, uh, bake a flat persuasion check. 18. He kind of sighs and he says, It is not meat to accept gifts without reciprocity here. And then he looks down at his wrist and he unclasps a Myrmidon bracer from his wrist and he hands it to you. I pray that offers you the same assistance it once did, my lord. It was truly not necessary, but I will graciously accept this. Thank you, Achilles. He nods. Alexander? Alexander will shamefully walk away back to Erite, unworthy to speak to Achilles. 
He walks away, and then Alexander kind of keeps his chin up high, like many times he's had to defend unpopular decisions in his life. But something about just like the way his shoulders are hunched suggests like a defensive posture a little bit as you do that. Uh, what else happens? Well, first of all, I think we need to find Annie and speak with her. Although I think next order of business is if we can get anything for the gems, spend the gems. It seems the only way we're going to get access to those documents is through Nyx, Zagreus, or Hades. And I propose launching an all-means-necessary attack to get that. So if we see Nyx around here, we talk to her. Next time we get to Cash Chariot, we know what to do. Whatever it takes, we find them and we get that access. We have plenty of darkness as well, so I, I say we make this next run count. RJ, you can turn invisible, yes? I can, yes. Does the door over there look... Alexander? ...look accessible to you? I think an attempted break-in at this moment will likely go a long way toward undoing the good we just did in trying to mend the relationship with Achilles. If it comes to that at a crucial moment, perhaps, but I don't think now is the time to resort to such methods. You know what now is a good time for? A drink. I agree. I would like to have one. Well then, come with me. Very well. You boys enjoy the bar. I'm gonna go check on something. Arete. (laughs) Okay. Arete, what would you like to check on? Arete is going to, first of all, walk towards the desk, but he's going to look at the contracts on offer to see what they are. Sure. For 500 gems, you can unlock something called the Faded List of Minor Prophecies. Additionally, for 500 gems, you can do a fountain room renovation. What that means is that you will be able to take long rest in a fountain chamber as opposed to a short rest. Lovely. All right. So now I know that we can't afford that stuff at the moment. And then he's going to carry on to the desk. He's going to go behind the desk and see what, what what's behind the desk. How tall are you? Arete is 5 foot 11. You get the sense that it would be hard to search this desk just at a glance because it seems to be a desk made for a giant. Ah. Like, it's just it's just really big. Is there parchment and quill around? Yes. Arete would like to take the parchment and quill, go to where the first shade in the line is, and Arete would like to do some administrative work. Okay, like what? Hi there, uh, Mr. Shade at the front of the line here. I don't know your name, and I don't have a magical tablet to tell me everything, so uh, we're going to communicate the best we can so I can get your records down, so that way when uh, when Hypnos gets back, he'll have a nice little record, because it seems like if you need something done and you want something to get done better, you have to do it yourself. So, name please. Okay, so you're going to basically try to log the information of the souls coming through the pool of sticks? Yes. Okay. At that moment, you see Palaestra and Adonis emerging from the pool of sticks. And Adonis... He's like, there's the blood all over him, but he also, like, coughs up some blood. And Palaestra, even though the pool of sticks completely rejuvenated her, like, she just looks in bad shape. She's just wiping it all off of herself, and she looks exhausted. And they just get in line behind these maybe 20 shades now. All right, Arete is going to continue to take the records of these different shades. So, Annie, what are you doing at this point? You were seeing Alexander and Rolf pass you as they're making their way towards, I guess, the lounge. And you see Arete doing administrative work with shades in front of you. After Annie talked to Orpheus, she wanted to go 
to the lounge. All right, so you hear some rowdiness coming from the lounge, and you hear a voice call out, Have at thee, blackguard! Oh, As God. you hear the sound of, like, a fist connecting with someone, and you see a brawl in the lounge. Ajax the Lesser has just been punched by this very bronzed, very toned man with lustrous platinum <laughs> blonde hair. Annie's gonna see that, note it, and she's just going to make her way to the bar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you make your way to the bar. You notice that there are actually other people there. So you know that one of the other Olympiads is there. Actually, so you notice a bunch of people are there. You know that Nausicaa, Daphne, Icarus, and Synth are all there. You also see Pende at the bar, just kind of looking disapprovingly at Ajax and this man brawling. She'll smile and wave at Daphne, Icarus, like that whole Olympiad? Yeah, sure. They're sitting in like a corner, but they're obviously watching all the action. But since you're coming into the lounge, they can look past the action and see you coming in. So yeah, Daphne will wave at you. But Annie would like to really make her way to the bar and take a seat next to Panday. All right, yeah. And as she does, Annie's just going to turn to her and be like, you don't mind me asking this, but how do you how, how do you how do you deal with it? Deal with what? And Annie's going to like gesture towards Ajax and who I'm assuming uh, the other is Theseus. That, the whole toxic masculinity kind of thing. How do you, I mean, obviously you're very, you know, you're you're Heracles' daughter and you've done so much, so you're kind of, you know, obvious, well, not kind of, you're, you you are a badass, so I, I, I'm sorry, I, that was a silly question. I don't, never mind, never mind. Tante nods and she says, only weak men engage in such petty squabbles. Ajax knows that he could never lay a finger on me, or I would decapitate him where he stood. The only answer is to be stronger than them. Strength is the only currency men like that understand. So, hy- hypo- hypothetically speaking, um, what if, what if, you know, you're not the strongest, uh, physically at least, not that you're not strong in other areas, but just um, hy- hypothetically, how do you, or how would you, I guess. I'll have to think about it, but are you worried you're not strong enough? No, I'm... Well, I I mean, I know physically I'm not the strongest person, but I, I know, you know, in other areas, I'm I'm definitely very strong. I, I, I've... I'm very strong. And she kind of, like, turns away and has to wipe her eyes a little bit because she's definitely tearing up. Pande does this thing where she kind of looks around and then kind of just sighs and she's she's like, like this is like clearly like not her element and she's kind of like following a script of what she thinks she should do, but she kind of just like holds up her hand to put it on you and then she puts it back down and then she puts it up again and then she just kind of very firmly slaps it on your shoulder. She says, um, there, there. Ow. Uh, 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 listen, listen. Bards of the College of Mysteries are legendary. They can bring entire armies of men to their knees with the simple sound of their instrument with the simple sound of their voice. Your powers are greater than that of any army. I would not worry that you are not strong enough. Thank you, Panday. That's really nice of you to say. She withdraws her hands. <clears throat> Good. Um, I, I, won't, I won't tell anyone that you were, um, su- supportive, I guess. I don't, I don't know what to, um, su- I didn't mean to put you in that position either. So I know I know you're not necessarily comfortable with that. At this moment, Ajax crashes into the two of you, and you get kind of knocked against the bar. And Pande stands up and she says, "Ajax, I swear to God, I will kill you where you stand right now. Cut it out!" 
and he dusts himself off looking pissed and he just huffs and pushes past the bronzed platinum haired man and seems to head off towards Zagreus's bedchamber. At that point, the man who is brawling with him says, ha, dust ever to blackguards and puts his fists really proudly on his hips with his elbows square out to his sides in beams as he thinks everybody is clapping and cheering for him. And some people are, but mostly people are like, oh my God, thank God that whole thing is over. And he just thinks, if Alex was going to stab anyone, should have stabbed him. And then she's going to order a chocolate milk from the bar. Okay, you see the head chef stops chopping up some fish and he quickly hustles over to you and accepts your chocolate milk order and then kind of looks around for it a little bit, pulls one out and then drops it up in front of you. He opens it up and he puts in a little straw. Thanks, chef. Hmm. At this stage, Alexander and Rolf are arriving at the lounge. Is that Theseus? Yes. Hey, Theseus, who killed you this time? <laughs> Nobody killed me. What are you talking about? Why are you here, then? Uh, uh, well, you I... You should be standing I needed, in your post, aren't you? I, hey, I've, I've seen I you die countless how, times. I needed to see how the Wretched Shades were doing. I heard I heard they got killed very recently, so I, wa- I, I wanted to see what the competition was like. Looks like uh, they didn't really uh, make much of a dent on me, did they? Ah, that's what you say every time. You still drinking sex on the beaches? Uh, there's no shame in a sex on the beach. It is a highly alcoholic beverage. A higher alcoholic concentration than most beers, all right? You're being very defensive over your drink choice. I was asking you a simple question. <laughs> well, clearly this lounge isn't feeling the loss of its old bartender. Hmm. Well, Alexander, anyone you want to talk to in here? You also see Annie in there. Oh, yes. You also <laughs> see the other full Olympiad, and you see Palaestra and Adonis are slowly coming in behind you. Rolf is going to go, hi, chef, how's it going? Just kind of not to start a conversation, but like to acknowledge him. Mm. And then uh, he's going to walk over to Annie, and he sees she already has the chocolate milk, and he's going to say, oh, you are, uh, you, um, you got one already. Good. Nice. <laughs> All right. That's all you get. Do you say that's all you get? No, but that's all you get. All right. Uh, I understand, I suppose. When you're ready to talk about what happened, we we can talk. And I'm going to go say hi to... uh, I think he's actually going to go talk to Polyestra. Okay, uh, so she's coming in behind you. So she's just trying to massage her muscles and looking kind of down. How'd your last run go? Man... We really thought we had enough boons that we could have really made it all the way out. And then there were all these witches out of nowhere that went bang, 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 bang. And I couldn't get away from any of them. It wasn't fair. Tell me about it. It was completely OP. That's what I'm saying. Well, to be fair, I didn't die there, but Thanos one-shotted me. I, I didn't even, he didn't even get to roll damage. Like, what the fuck? Adonis <laughs> says, I think I still have a nosebleed from it. And oh. then he wipes a combination of snot and blood on his face. Oh, and Rolf is going to pull out a little rag and say, here, use this. Thanks so much. And he lets off a juicy sneeze. One of his character traits is that he drops a juicy sneeze on anyone who tries to hand him a cloth. So this has happened in the past. So he takes the cloth and he blows into it, which I'm not going to do again this time because it was nasty. Rolf feels the snot and thinks on his many different casting maneuvers and goes, so that's what it feels like, and shakes it off. <laughs> All right. Um, you guys learn anything cool this time? Anything that might help? I got an infernal arm. Whoa, really? Yeah. Show me. Uh, well, I have to go out there. Okay. Let's go check it out. Cool. You mind if I stop at the mirror real quick? Well, where it's on the way. All right. Yeah. Come along, guys. 
I'm going to show you my cool thing. So Pandaya is going to stay with Annie. Palestra and Adonis will go with you, though. You do feel the gaze of the other Olympiad on you. He's going to turn around and go, uh, sorry, I was, I was going to say hi to you guys, but I am kind of rather excited to see what's up with the Infernal Arm. You guys want to come? They kind of just wave off like a pass. All right. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys next time. All right. Mwah. Alexander, do you do anything? He's going to go to the bar. Okay. You see Pante and Annie at the bar. Can I sit away from them? You can't. It's like an L shape, so you can sit like on the other end of the L shape. Okay. He'll do that. The head chef goes, mm-hmm. I've been hearing a lot about this ambrosia. I'd like to try that. Okay, make an insight check as it goes, mm. What emoji does he get? <laughs> the the face with the squiggly mouth. <laughs> Dirty 20. So you get the sense that ambrosia is not something that's on offer at the bar. However, it is sometimes rarely available at the shade broker. And also the other Olympiad that's sitting in the corner tends to have it. And they bust it out for themselves. Hmm. Okay. The, surprise me. The best thing you have, I suppose. The strongest... It thinks for a moment and goes, hmm. And then it puts out a glass and it pours something amber-colored into it. Okay, Alexander will down that. Okay, it is super rich-bodied and a little smoky and absolutely delicious. If you want to know what it is, you can make a nature check. Sure, let's do a nature check. Five. Okay, you don't know what it is. (laughs) Okay, but he slams a glass down for more. Okay, he pours out more for you. It's delicious. And another one down the hatch. All right. More. It goes, hmm. And it's showing you the green about to barf emoji. (laughs) It's fine. I can handle it. Okay. It pours you another one. Okay. Down the hatch. All right. Make a constitution save. There we go. (laughs) 15. You get the feeling that charisma checks you make will be made with advantages. You're feeling very gregarious and friendly. Hmm. That was pretty good. I I believe that that, um, Olympiad over there specializes in this ambrosia. So I'm going to walk over to them. So you see Synth, Icarus, Nausicaa, and Daphne. Greetings, friends. I was told you carry ambrosia. Daphne nods and she kind of plucks a leaf from one of the laurel branches growing off of her. Oh yeah, we used to, though uh, we kind of ran out and we haven't really had a chance to get any more. Sorry. Interesting. Where did you find this ambrosia? Oh, we wanted an Elysium. Jesus. You've been to Elysium? Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually we used to win it from that guy over there. And she points to Theseus, who's just standing still, just like beaming with his hands on his hips. But uh, I think he's been uh, relegated to mini-boss status, so farming him doesn't seem to be doing the trick anymore. And he used to be in Elysium? Yeah, he's like one of the greatest heroes ever. Him? Yeah, he killed the Minotaur, though I think maybe last time the Minotaur killed him. Yikes. That's it? Uh, I don't know what you mean. (sighs) He's gonna walk back to the bar. (laughs) And then you hear Icarus call out to you and say, Oh, but stay a while. Why did you stay with us? You're so handsome. Thank you. That... That makes me feel a little better. Uh, I, my name is Alexander, uh, King of Macedon. Macedonia, whichever you prefer. Icarus's burned lips curl into his eyes. Says, I'm Icarus. It's nice to meet you. It is a pleasure. And uh, yeah, he shakes. Does he shake your hand? Oh, if I see the hand, I will shake it. Yes. Sure, yeah, you shake his hand. He shakes it uh, more enthusiastically now that he's. Uh, uh, it, 
his judgment is inhibited. Sloshed. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So, I, he like <laughs> he lowers his posture down, puts his hands up like like he's about to like lay down. He's like, so here's the thing. I uh, I I conquered like all of Persia, right? Like the entire empire. It's it was uh, it was no easy task. I say I did. I spent most of my all my life doing it, and and uh, I, I I I figured I would be in Elysium by now, but I guess not. So I'm here instead, and I don't understand why, because I'm just doing the gods' will. That's, and I feel like I'm being punished for it, and it's bullshit. And then you tell me that man went to Elysium, and it doesn't add up. So at this point, Nausicaa, who is playing with one of her really long, thick braids, says, Well, think of it this way. After all, uh, we're the ones who are allowed to escape in the first place. The people in Elysium are stuck there forever. But Elysium is, is, is good, isn't it? Didn't at they? this, Synth scoffs. He's, ha, good. So you'd settle for Elysium? What would... If you ended up there, you wouldn't even try to leave? No, if I deserved it, I mean, well, what is, what is in... Elysium. They all look at each other. They kind of look back at you almost with pity. <laughs> and then Sin says, a lot of chariots. Exploding chariots. Exploding chariots. And then Icarus kind of huffs and says, ah, don't remind me. Icarus, you, you're here. Well, yes, you, 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 you bit off more than you could chew. <laughs> you're telling me. And uh, he kind of <laughs> looks down at his own lips. But I just feel that I'm being punished for doing everything correctly. I, I made huge strides. I built an entire empire. Haven't lost a single battle until well, until here. And, and I die from disease of all things. And I believe that was the gods taking me to my to my what was it? What was owed? Some sort of reward. Icarus says, "Ah, oh, man, that's a real bummer." Well, would you want to make out about it? Uh, your lips, not offense, but they look like uh... two pillows in the sky. <laughs> uh, you seem to have really pressed the worst button you could on him, and he kind of just shuts down. He says, mm, "Yeah, fine." Oh, no, I'm, I just would want to make yes, sure they're so healed ask, first. Right? Yeah, of course. Who would ever want this? Yeah, right? Yeah. No, okay. they just, and then uh, he allow... he just picks up a glass and starts drinking it. I just want to allow them to heal first because they don't look red ready. I've come out of this pool a thousand times. I don't think it'll ever heal again. Right. Hmm. Daphne looks at Alexander and she mouths. Yeah, yeah. Back to the bar. It was a pleasure. <laughs> All right, you go back to the bar. Pandaya and Annie are at the bar. Yeah, he'll sit near them again and ask for more alcohol. You get more of that amber liquid. Oh, yes. Yummy, yum. More down the hatch. Okay, make a constitution saving throw. 19. You feel compelled to go socialize with people. <laughs> <laughs> and... An Anastasia, Anastasia, my darling, dear Anastasia, the child, the prodigy. Pandey puts her hand on your shoulder again, Annie. I. It's not that I find you an incapable warrior. You are much capable. You are capabler than most. However, you are a juvenile child. And sometimes I... 
don't understand you and we have different we think differently no disrespect I just I just that's what I that's what goes through when I hear you I mean look we're in Hades right it's supposed to hurt it's all pain all the time I agree. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give that inspiration. <laughs> Imagine being just the instrument of the gods and doing all they say. Alex. And for what? Alex. Why am I here and not there? And it, it doesn't make sense. Alex, it doesn't all make you dollars do is even. focus on your accomplishments and your success. I understand why that's all you would want to focus on, but for whatever reason, you just choose not to think about maybe some failures or some wrongs that you've done. Maybe just to oh, reflect on that. I'm the worst, Tammy. I can't look my kin in the eye anymore. I'm descended from Achilles, and I've failed him. I've died more than once now, and 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 I was too br I was too cowardly to even speak up to Ag Enigmatos, and 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 who was rewarded for it? It was Arete. He gets the reward, but I I'm supposed to be the brave one. I was since a child. I was the bravest one, and now I'm not. And I was I. Uh, can I tell you something? Let me tell you something. Or I'm tell you something. Shut the fuck up. Let me tell you. I was really freaked out when I was fighting uh, Iris's. Goon, something about the thickness and yeah. just the unrelenting spawn of creature after creature and, and the pain. It gets to you, Annie. You know, it, it hits you there. Right in the right in the gumption. You know I, I have I I don't know. I have a very hard time feeling sorry for you, Alex. And I agree that I know we don't see eye to eye, and I know you think I'm just some some kid, and that's fine. You can completely just um, degrade me to that. I wish. But nothing changes. We're in an Olympiad together, and we're stuck to work together. And you know what? There's nothing I can do about it. But mm -hmm. don't, don't. I agree. That's how and I you're, feel. And look at you. I... Do they just throw out the, the great at the end of some names? Because it doesn't even mean anything. I mean, at least Ajax can own up to the lesser, but the great? Really? After everything today, I... I no, nothing. Nothing about you is great. I and wish I could... Getting up from the bar, and she's going to say one last thing to Pandey. Pandey, I just want to let you know that um, I don't, I don't judge you based off your whole Olympiad and the actions of your Olympiad as a whole. I, I know you're all individuals and you're all your own people. Um, I would appreciate if you did the same for us, but I wouldn't blame you if you didn't. And Annie's up and Annie's gonna go to out of the lounge into Zagreus's room and she's just, she's leaving. Okay. Alexander's gonna turn to Panday and be like, I wish I could see the world through the rose-colored glasses that she sees the world. Because even down here, she is the most chipper I have ever met. She's going to get up, and she actually wants to go follow Polyester and Adonis, who followed with Rolf towards the Infernal Arms, which is through Zagreus' bedchamber. So she's going to head in that direction. 
a little bit after you to give you space. Arete, could you please roll for me flat intelligence, please? Four. Okay, and roll history for me. Six. You are confident that you have gotten a very accurate record of many of the shades coming in from the pool of sticks. Anything else you would like to do? Yes, I would like to take my records of the people that have been coming through the sticks, and I'm going to head towards the contractor. And when I reach the contractor, I'm going to hold up the scroll and go, Hey there, I've got some stuff that needs to go to the administrative records. I'm going to go ahead and pop that back there for you. I just need a pass to get in there past Achilles, please. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to award inspiration for that because that's pretty clever. And it's going to wave its hand over a blank piece of parchment. And now you see that there is a new contract available to you on the list of contracts. So for a thousand gems, you can access the administrative chamber. Well, while that's all very nice and good, contractor, I'm trying to do... Hypnos and the administrative team a favor here. I just really need to get in there to drop these records off. I'm going to file them and I'm going to get out. So if you could just uh, give me that contract, please, I'll be on my way. It'll just put out a smiley face and hold out its hand for all of the ones that you just wrote up. Oh, you're going to do it? Well, I greatly appreciate you taking the time from your busy day to go back there. And he kind of slaps them in his hand in like a friendly manner like, I, yeah, go team. I guess I'll uh, see you around then. And then Arete will uh, go ahead and walk to uh, Zagreus's bedchamber into the Mirror of Night. You're going to get there a little bit after Rolf, Palaestra, and Adonis. So you're there first in Zagreus's bedchamber. Are you passing straight through to the Infernal Arms, or are you hanging out at the Mirror? I think what I was going to do was leave a note, because since we're all scattered, I didn't want to spend darkness without the rest of the crew. So I was going to leave a little note that says, I'm at the arms, come find me. A little heart, and then Rolf. Okay, and then you head to the arms? Yes. Rolf, you find yourself in the courtyard. The infernal arms are rotating on their axes. You see bones flying everywhere as Ajax is just beating the shit out of Skelly over and over. Is that the best you got, pal? Let me have it. Suck it to me. I'm gonna let out like a kind of disgusted, like Huh. And then just keep walking to the Infernal Arms. Do I see one that kind of looks like a, a staff of some sort? You do. Okay. And then Rolf is going to say, I'm not fully sure how this works, but let's give it a shot. Ryu Jingubang, come to me and empower me. Hell yeah. You put the staff up over the shadow of the staff and like overlay those two together. Suddenly the staff glows extremely brightly and then it floats back to you and it is in a completely different shape. At this point, the staff seems to be quite simple. So it seems to be like a much more plain wooden staff. However, at the top of the staff, you see the staff basically branches off into this circle that connects again. So it makes a large circle at the top and it seems to be a mounted stand for a bell that hangs in the circle. Ooh. And this is called the Aspect of Rolf. Love that. So you know that this is called Rui Jingubang, the Ring of Gold, and now you understand why it might be called the Ring of Gold. Uh-huh. Now what you can do is three times per escape attempt, you can ring the bell as a bonus action, 
And the next time you cast a spell within that turn, you can impose disadvantage on the save from your spell. Ooh. And you suspect that the original aspect that you found it in might also be unlockable eventually, that gold filigree and gemmed detail, but you don't know how. Yeah, and then I think Rolf, after it transforms, he's going to look at it, kind of ring the bell, and then maybe just try and like twirl it around and do some like moves with it, like mime striking at the air to like show it off to everyone else. Hell yeah, this bell is just ringing out throughout the entire courtyard. And he's going to go, pretty tight. Yeah, thank you, Enigmatos. Check it out, y'all. I, I mean, I can't really kill you with it, but trust me, it's deadly. Palaestra and Adonis look very impressed, and they clap for you, just like they did for Pende. Oh, thank you. Wow, that's really powerful. I only have these. She holds up her fists, and the wraps around them kind of look fairly plain. But sometimes it lets me do this. And she walks up to Skelly, and she goes, Aspect of Heartlock! <gasps> and she unleashes a flurry of blows yes! on Skelly, who shatters into a bunch of pieces. <laughs> That's very, very cool. Her silver hair, like, unwinds and just becomes long <laughs> and flowing behind her. And she goes, <laughs> And, yeah, Skelly just goes flying everywhere. I don't know that Skelly did anything wrong, but it really feels like you were dispensing justice just then. Skelly feels great about it, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> Speaking of, Skelly, I have this thing, and I'm going to show the bangle that Achilles gave me. And he said, by the way, hi, I'm Rolf. I don't know that I ever fully introduced myself to you. Nice to meet you, mister. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. I've, I've heard many uh, people speak your praises in, in the lounge all the time. Is that true? Yes. Okay. Everyone Rolf knows, because clearly Rolf knows nothing about Grecian culture. <laughs> Aside from the research he's done, if it's like an individual he can interact with, usually it's from tales he recalls from the lounge. And, he, and so he shows him the bracer, and he's going to say, Well, I, I'm not fully sure what this does. Achilles gave it to me. I'm going to pop it on really quick. Um, do you know what it does? Well, as soon as you put it on, pal, it seems like it's a little bit harder to hit you. For example, if I had to grade on a scale, say 1 to 20, how hard it is to hit you, I would say maybe you get like plus 1 to however hard it is to hit you. I see. All right. Pretty cool, buddy. Thank you for the info. I, I will leave this off. <laughs> it requires attunement, as does Ruiji Ubang. So you're used up two of your attunement slots. Cool. Okay. I'm attuned. Palaestra goes, whoa, how did you get that? A good friend gave it to me. Well, uh, more of an acquaintance at the moment, but I'm hoping to become friends at some point. He seems pretty cool. Adonis says, I thought I saw that on Lord Achilles. Yes, actually, yes. It was a guy. God, I hope I'm not betraying his trust by saying yes. He gave me a, a, a little something to help me along the way. Well, was it hush-hush when you traded it? Um, no, it was just kind of an intimate moment. So he just gave you a bracer out of nowhere? You know, we were having a conversation, and I asked if he had any tips, and so he pr provided this. Okay, make a deception check. <laughs> it's a seven. Yeah, you say that, but he just looks disappointed. <sighs> All right, look. Just don't don't go around flaunting it, but, you know, I, I traded him. I gave him a little present, and he felt uh, compelled to give me something in return. It was not the aim of giving him a present, but... You know, don't go around abusing the friendship. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to lie to you. I, I just felt a little uncomfortable. I'll put it on the spot. Palaestra goes, Wow, I'm so glad that everybody around here is forming such powerful friendships. Makes me feel a little left out. Oh, 
I'm your friend. Would you like a drink? What do you offer? Yeah, well, I, you know, I've got the hookup at the lounge. If I see you around, I could, I could always remember to, uh, to bring you a little something. I, I like to give people gifts. No, I'll pass on the pity drinks. Thanks. Okay. Annie, you are at the mirror. You see a little note on the desk that says, went to go check out the Infernal Arms, come find me, heart. And then uh. Uh, um, you see that on Zagreus's desk. You also see a big crack in the mirror of night as if somebody punched it. <gasps> Annie's going to go up to the mirror and just like touch it as gently as she can and be like, who hurt you? Uh, the mirror doesn't answer, but it does seem to function as normal. So do you want me to read you off what you can do with the mirror? Sure, yeah. So you have one rank in gaining proficiency in a skill or proficiency in a saving throw, which you've already unlocked, but that has another rank that you can add to it. For 500 darkness, you can increase an ability score by two or gain some flipped benefit that you don't know about. And then for 700 darkness, you gain something called death defiance, which means that if you're reduced to zero hit points, you instead come back with one max hit dice worth of your HP plus your constitution modifier. You also see two slots that you could unlock with three keys or five keys. I guess I'll just have to wait for the rest of my Olympiad to get here so that we can make a decision all together, even though a lot of us are just making rash decisions without consulting the rest of the group and not thinking about how it may look for the rest of the group, but whatever. It's fine. Make a perception check. That's a critical failure. Okay. Damn it. All right. Annie's just going to take a seat on Zagreus's bed and just wait. It's comfy. I bet. Though the moment you sit on the bed, you kind of have this thought in your head that says, no time for rest just yet. But you, but you can still sit on the bed. If you <laughs> Alexander and Aretta, can you remind me what you're doing? Getting drunk. Okay. Make a constitution saving throw. 14. You are compelled to go hang out with your Olympiad. God damn it. Arate, what are you doing? I was on my way to the Mirror of Night. As you walk into the mirror, you see Panday sneaking behind Annie, <laughs> just trying to get through to the Infernal Arms without disturbing her. Hi there, Panday. She just, like, walks out. Hey there, Annie. Hi. How are you? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. Did you have a chocolate milk? I did have a chocolate milk, and it didn't... Didn't fix everything, but I can't I can't rely on chocolate milk to fix all my problems, right? I mean No, but it's a certainly a good place to start, right? Yeah, that's why I do it. So, uh checked out the mirror? Did you see anything that caught your eye? Yeah. You also noticed a big crack in the mirror. Did you uh also vent your frustrations on the mirror there? No? Do you really think I... I... I don't know. Our Olympiad has quite the reputation in the House of Hades now. I know! And Annie's gonna, like, throw her fist... Okay, you helped with that. Let's just be very clear. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, God. And she's gonna turn towards her and be like, Hey, you, you were no help in that situation. And I... Look, I don't... I don't think we should be judging people based on the actions of an individual... You know, I like I, you shouldn't judge the Olympiad as a whole because they're all, we're all our own separate people, clearly. As I mean, we all know that as we've had to, we've been forced to work with each other or try to at least not succeed very much. I but, mean, all things considered, I think we've done a pretty good job working together. Yeah. Sure, we've hit our bumps here and there. Was stabbing uh, Hypnos a bump? Do you consider that a bump? This is certainly one very large hurdle that we all have to overcome. But, you know, 
If we continue to press on together, I don't think there's any challenge that we can't overcome. Yeah, I'd... I'd really like to agree with you, Eritae. I thought the same at first, and I still I still do. Of course I do, but right now... You know, I just had the most interesting idea. You're a musician, so I think maybe now that we have this, like, really interesting reputation about us, you should write, like, an album or something and call it Reputation. I think that would be, like, a really big hit in the underworld. I think it'd be a, a, big, a big seller for you. I'm sorry, the old Annie is dead. <laughs> oh. She goes, ooh, look what you made me do, and thunder waves. <laughs> but, um, uh, so you were checking out that mirror. Did, did you uh, see anybody in here before you that would have uh, cracked the mirror there? It's probably Ajax. Oh, uh, yeah. He is a son of a gun, isn't he? He's not my favorite person in the world, but at least he lives up to his name. I'm sure that um, after what I did back there, I'm not one of your favorite people either. I know that apologizing doesn't erase what I did, but I am, I am sorry. And then he also casts his eyes up to the gods and he's like, Hypnos, I don't know how everything works with you guys up there on the pantheon of gods and such, but uh, if you can hear me, I'm sorry. You're doing a great job. After I uh, did that administrative work, I understand that it's no walk in the park. Yeah, make a religion check. That would be a 15. Okay. Well, just so you know, Hypnos is just as stuck down here as we are. So next time you consider stabbing him or something... I should offer for him to come with us so he can escape as well. You know, I was also thinking the same thing, Annie. We can all escape together. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. There's strength in numbers. Yep, that's that's it. You got it. Anyway, why don't we buy this death defiance thing? That seems like a pretty good thing that I, uh, I think we saw that the last time we were here, but I don't think we had enough money. At that moment, Alexander swaggers into the room. Oh, what the fuck are you? Hi there, Alexander. You, you okay, bud? <laughs> yeah. Is a question. Is that a bed? Move over. I'm gonna lie down. You get this sense of urgency, like you just don't have time to rest. Oh, you know what? I should go die again first. I don't feel good. Maybe sober up a bit. <clears throat> oh, and then he sees himself in the mirror, and he's like, "Not bad. Not bad at all." You see, like a funhouse mirror reflection of yourself through the cracked glass. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I look like a, a loot. I've got <laughs> thick hips and a skinny head. And Wow. <clears throat> What's going on here? We were just uh, thinking about getting some death defiance from the mirror, potentially. We're doing that now, aren't we? I mean, we defy death every day here in Hades. Here in Hades, yes. So you're going to pay for something you already have? Well, the death defiance just... Once we die, we regain a bit of help so we don't die-die. It's like an additional buffer. It's like a second chance, kind of, within the same run. Second chance. A second chance within a second chance. Or would it be the third chance? Or fourth? Which run is this? Who am I? I'm glad you had uh, someone there to do the math for you in your life, bud. So I guess we'll just... uh, 
sit and wait for Rolf. You see the note that Rolf left saying to come find him. I'm going to go meet the old man then. Alexander! Rolf! 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 It's like a dog. <laughs> Too much wine? What, was that what it was? Mm. Have you seen the rest of the Olympiad? Yeah, the... Ooh, oh, shit. Um, Arate and Anastasia are in the bedroom. Uh, oh no, and Rolf runs into the bedroom. <laughs> they come in and Arete and Annie are playing patty cake. Bold of you to assume that I would engage in a game of patty cake with you at this moment, Arete. Yeah, patty cake's for kids. Well, no, I love a, I love a good game of patty cake, but right, I'm just a little upset right now. Well, then Arete is playing patty cake by himself. With the mirror. Yes, he's playing <laughs> patty cake with his reflection in the mirror. There we go. As you should. Rolf sees it and he says, you're so good. You're in perfect sync. Thanks, bud. <laughs> Death defiance, does uh, that sound good to you? Yes, please. Great. And then with that, on like one of his patty cake slaps to the mirror, he'll say, death defiance, please. You drop 700 darkness crystals into the mirror, and now each of you has something called death defiance, which means once per run, when you are reduced to zero hit points, you instead come back with one max hit dice of your HP plus your constitution modifier. Can we see what the opposite side is? So the way the opposite side works is it works for every room once. Holy shit. And did we have to do, like, besides just, like, flipping the mirror, is there anything, like, does that require more darkness to purchase that? What's the deal with that again? So with Death Defiance, the base ability, you could have multiple Death Defiances. So it's really good, for example, if you were in a boss room and you know you're going to be brought down multiple times, right? Because you can buy more mm -hmm. ranks of regular mm -hmm. Death Defiance. The flipped benefit, it works at least once in each room. So if you think you're going to die once in each room, it's really good for that. But if you think you're going to have a really tough time versus somebody who does a lot of damage to you, you're not going to get as much benefit from it because it only activates once. Wow. Let's let's flip that shit, baby. And I flip that shit. Um, cool. Does anyone have anything else they want to do? Or are we ready to go try again? I can tell you right now, we don't need to go to the house contractor. Everything's still too expensive. <laughs> There's two things for 500, and then I was able to get access to the administrative records for a thousand gems, but we are not anywhere near close, so let's not fret or uh, dwell on the past. Well, then let's focus on getting some more gems. In case we do end mm. up here, we can get a, a good benefit, yes? Quite agree. Yeah. All right. Listen, I don't. I definitely don't want to die again, but I feel like we really screwed the pooch by losing all those incredible boons. So we'll see how this one goes. Uh, I'll try not to get so angry when I die. Same. <laughs> I, I just really... For someone who lived in a warrior society and died of old age, I certainly didn't expect to fall in combat so many times. Uh, how did you die, by the way, Rolf? Um, you just said of old age. No, I mean the last run. I wasn't around oh. to watch. Oh, yes. I don't know if I told you guys. I got an infernal arm, and I hold up the staff. <gasps> oh, wow. Shiny. I, I did, like, yeah. three rooms or something without you. Oh. oh. And then, which, again, surprises me. I always think I'm going to die first. But, uh, I don't know, just seeing you guys die again. I, I didn't know too many people who died violently like that, and every time I see it, it disturbs me pretty deeply, and it activates something that I didn't even know I, I held within me. Uh, but I guess it motivated me enough to continue. I hung out with Enigmatos, I got this thing, and then finally I made it to uh, Megara again, but this time uh, Thanatos was there, <gasps> and 
he uh, he one shot like just instant killed me. I didn't even get to really do anything really about oh. that. <laughs> that seems very well balanced. So you're saying <laughs> So you're saying there's no point. Um I mean if there were multiple of us, maybe some of us would have escaped the death hole. I let's say I had to roll a die. I do think I rolled rather poorly. Also, hmm. I mean, as we learn, they do rounds. I think he might have just been there because of what we did. Hopefully he won't be there all the time. I hope he's there all the time. I'll be I'll be real with you. My tactic was I was going to try to negotiate my way out of the room using the whole Zagreus thing. So now they know, and I didn't get anything good for it. So sorry there, guys. I, I guess I wasted all leverage. Um, but maybe they'll be a little scared now. I don't know. Could be. Who knows? And I'm sure that Thanatos will be very happy with how we treated his twin brother earlier. So I think that's not going to come back to bite us in the butt whatsoever. Oh, no. Oh, you mean um, Hypnos. Here's something I learned about my life. Here's something I learned during my life. You cannot dwell on the mistakes. You can only try to correct them. Have you thought about how you're going to correct them at all? I thought it was worth a shot to see what happens. You don't. You're you're You're, you're, you're drunk. drunk. Oh, Sorry. I guess now I'm Alexander the Grump. You always were. Alexander the Drunk. That's that's what you are. Please update your character sheet. I'm now the Grump. I'm going to go talk to the skeleton. Make a group perception check. 15. 8. Natural 20. 14 for Annie. Okay. You hear a little clatter in the corner of the room on the opposite end of the mirror. As you see some baubles fall onto the ground and little beads roll around the floor. And you hear a... Is that, is that Dusa? Hey, is it Dusa? You see a little head with snakes on it float out from behind a chest and say, I am so sorry. I really didn't mean to interrupt and I definitely wasn't eavesdropping. I was just already in the middle of cleaning here and then somebody came in and punched a mirror and then, you know, you guys came in here and they, were just, they just never really seemed a good time to leave. Oh, it's all right, Dusa. Hello, uh, I'm Rolf. I've seen you cleaning around the lounge. I don't know if you ever took notice of me at all, but... uh. Nice to meet you. Uh, yeah, hi. Hi, hi Dusa. I'm Annie. Oh, hi, I really like your music. Oh, thank you so much, Dusa. That means a lot coming from you. She's got a great album called Reputation coming Arete, out. It's going to be amazing. Stop it. Stop it. It's not the name of it. <laughs> I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Ah! <laughs> I award inspiration to Dusa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My name is Arete. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. I've seen you around. I I see you. Oh, I'd really prefer not to be seen or heard. I'm really sorry about that. Speaking of being seen and heard, who punched the mirror, Dusa? Oh, uh, there was uh, that, that really big guy. He was really angry. The one, the one who beats up on Skelly all the time. Ajax the Lesser? Yeah. Hmm. Hey, Dusa, you like Nectar? Uh, oh my gosh, I don't know why you would ask that. I mean, it's to... Well, I, I, I wouldn't even know. It's not like anyone's ever off, ever offered me any, so, like, how would I even know? You want to find out? <laughs> no, oh my gosh, I think I could, like, get in a lot of trouble for that. Uh, well, uh, I won't tell anyone, as long as you don't. Oh gosh, this is awkward. So, are you offering her the nectar or no? I'm trying to see if she's interested, because if she doesn't want it, I won't give it to her, but... Almost everybody is interested in nectar, but you can't, like, recon it out of people. Yeah. Either you offer it or you don't. I'm going to look to the rest of the group just to make sure no one's going to be, like, violently upset that I gave away a second nectar. Do it. And he says do it, and I go, yeah, here, look, I've got one right here. 
You want to drink some? Here you go. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Th- thanks. And one of her little snakes goes and wraps itself around the neck of one of the bottles and takes it just... Oh, wow. I used to get a lot of these from Zagreus once. It was almost uncomfortable. I, I'm not really good at uh, turning these things down either, but uh, I will make sure that this is uh, safely kept. Thank you. Um, uh... It almost looks like the weight of the nectar is almost like dragging her down. Like she needs to like <laughs> let off some weight. And so she goes, up, oh, right. I'm supposed to give you something, right? I have a bunch of these. So uh, why don't you take this off my hands? And then one of her snakes offers you a feather duster that she was holding. I take it between two fingers and say, thank you. It is a beautiful feather duster. You see these opalescent and rainbow colored feathers coming off of it that you recognize to be from harpies. Ah, very cool. <laughs> I'm going to whisper to the group. Um, I got this little something from Achilles. I, Alexander, you were there. Um, I hope you don't mind. I put it on. Sorry, but anyone want a feather duster? <laughs> I'll take it. Here you go. Thank you. Okay, so now that you're attuned to the Harpy Feather Duster, the way it works is whenever you find gems, darkness, or obbles, you find 20% more. (laughs) Oh, word. Well, thank you very much, Dusa. Oh, thanks. I uh, hope you guys do well out there. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a really big fan. Oh. Aw, thank you. Anyway, I just heard some glass break out there, so I think I have to go fix that. And then she runs out to where Alexander came in from to go clean up his mess. Oh. Does anyone have anything else they want to do, or shall we head once more into the breach? Um, I... <sighs> Never mind, let's just go. Let's What's go. up? What's up, Annie? Go. No, I, um, I was just going to ask if next time we grab a nectar, if you wouldn't mind if I, um, if I gave one to Orpheus at some point. It doesn't have to be right away. It doesn't have to be, you know... Annie, we, we have a third. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Arete, you know I'm interested in giving one to a certain someone, but... No! Ex- do, Rolf, you had mentioned that before, I, I, and you said it first, so I don't want to... Well, I, I do feel a little bad. I gave two away today, so if you want to take it, then by all means. I mean, I agreed with the Dusa one, so I, it's okay. I just... You never know when you're going to come across chaos. Whereas with Orpheus, I, I always know where to find Orf. I guess that makes sense. So, as... Whatever nectar we get on this run, if we end up back here, we'll save one for Orpheus. I do have one question, though. You said that you had given some information to um, Meg and, and, and Thanatos. What did you say? What? Zagreus is dead. Were you there, Alex? That's what he told them. He relayed that information to us earlier, dear. That's why he knows that. Maybe you should pay attention when people are talking. <laughs> is that your Annie impression? <laughs> I'm Anastasia. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go talk to the skeleton. He looks cool. Annie's leaving. Annie's gonna get up and she's gonna go out the door into the courtyard and through the portal. I'm making my dramatic exit first, so let me move first. Yeah, Annie goes through the portal. Okay, Annie, you were through the portal. You go up to Skelly, Alexander? Yeah, um, is someone beating on him or like what's he up to? You see, Ajax has since cooled off a little bit, so he's just eyeing the infernal arms and kind of swatting at them, trying to get them from their shadowy pedestals. Hello, skeleton. Oh, you can just call me Skelly. Skelly. I noticed last time uh, you were being beat upon by that oaf over there. Yeah, you want to turn? Yeah, sure. (laughs) May I? Come on, let me have it. Okay, and... He swings the sword down on Skelly. Okay, make an attack roll. 18. Okay, uh, that certainly hits. Okay, uh, 10. You see a bunch of bones of his fly away, and he goes, come on, and they call you Alexander the Great. 
Well, I'll be honest with you. Lately, I don't feel very great. As he's saying this, uh, like, he's having a nonchalant conversation, but he swings his sword like a baseball bat to knock off his head off of Skelly. Okay, I'll make an attack roll. Ooh, a natural 20. Okay. That is 14. So he's like, yeah, I actually don't feel very great, to be honest. Okay, so you see Skelly's skull go flying, and then you see it slowly trying to, like, hop its way back to where you are at, and the bright, hot pink lights in its eye socket are looking up at you as it's still talking as the skull is hopping towards you and going, I know what you're trying to do here. You're trying to talk through your feelings and that's not going to do. You got to let it out. You got to just hit. That's the only way. <laughs> and Alexander like puts his foot on the skull like to stop it from hopping and he's like, okay, well, if you insist and he gets ready, he makes like a golf stance with his sword. Like he grips it like he would a golf club and he gets the perfect stance and he's going to swing and try to swing his head like he's hitting a golf ball. Make this with advantage because he's technically prone. (laughs) 25. Roll damage. (laughs) 11 damage. Okay. You swat him against one of the really tall statues against the courtyard. It falls back down and he goes, oh, finally, you started to hit like a man. If only you could do that consistently. Wow. That feels a lot better. I, I think I'm okay. I don't think you can die. Who cares if I can die? You wouldn't even be able to find out. Yeah. You hit like a Philistine. <laughs> <laughs> I want to try and skewer his skull on the, on the sword. Okay, make an attack roll. 19? Okay, yeah, that hits. Nine, but my goal is to have it stuck on the sword. You skewer his skull onto the sword. Oh, making kebabs, are you? Are you missing your international travels back when you were living before you kicked the bucket from, I don't know, a cold? Ooh. I throw the sword with him on it into the portal. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, hang on. Hold on. Hang on a minute. Ah! <laughs> okay. So your sword is gone and Skelly is in the portal. Oh, sweet. And then I walk in the portal after. Okay. Arete, having watched all of that, will also enter the portal. Okay. Well, that was a lot. And I walk in. <laughs> You have just experienced your second crushing defeat, and you think about all of the adventures you've got on this time, from the Oubliette and seeing Nemesis torturing Ixion on that permanent, infinite, eternal burning wheel. You think about having seen Tantalus starving and dehydrated and how he was begging for mercy from Elias. You contemplate those two extremes of suffering and how you've moved between them and you wonder if either of those fates could be yours as you begin your next escape attempt. Rogue Runners Volume 1 In the Blood stars our players Nicholas Benetatos as Alexander the Great, Amanda Facosta as Anastasia Pentazis, Giancarlo Herrera as Rolf Yannick, and Michael Pisani as Arete Lascaris. Dungeon mastering and NPC voices are by me, Tozaman. Cover art by Chandler Candela. Sound design and editing by Giancarlo Herrera. Title music by Sage GC, with vocals by Jessica Dahlgren and Sage GC. Character theme music by Giorgio Volpe. Additional music by Epidemic Sound. Transcription by Eli Barasa. If you liked what you heard, we hope you'll consider helping us make future tabletop parodies of your favorite stories. You can support us at Patreon on patreon.com slash radio. Patrons get access to our community Discord channel, as well as our behind-the-scenes chat cast Out of the Blood, where we talk about everything on our minds after the episode. There are 
free ways to support the show too. We hope you'll leave us a glowing review on your listening app of choice, as well as spread the good word about us on Twitter and Instagram, where you can follow us at Rogue Run Radio. We love hearing from you, so hit us up there or email us at rr at whisperforge.org. Lastly, if you're a fan of Rogue Runners, I just know you're going to love our friends over at Rogue Dialogue Productions, who make Forgive Me. Forgive Me explores the intertwined lives in Father Ben's new community and the funny, sad, and sometimes painful experiences that come out of confession and the Catholic experience. It is hilarious, so sharply written, and full of so much heart. You can tell it's a labor of love, really. Stick around for a trailer right after this. Get ready to run with us next week. New episodes drop every Friday. Till next time, sinners. I'll see you in hell. Forgive me, Father. For I've sinned. It's been six months. Since my last confession. What would you like to confess today? I have decades of failings. I could recap here. Today, I want to confess the worst thing I've ever done. Uh, okay. Uh, lots to unpack here. I can be kind of a crap husband. I took eight years of my life and lit it on fire in a matter of five hours. So I did what any self-respecting father would do. I am... <laughs> Lightly dosed his Gatorade with a powerful laxative. And I guess sorry for making out in the confessional? Since confession is about talking to God, I felt he had a right to know what you've done. What I've done? What did I do? Are you kidding? Do you love Emily? What the hell kind of question is that? Well, you're not going to absolve me? That's the whole point. Please leave the sacrament to the professional. Where do you get off talking to me like this? <clears throat> Excuse me? What the f***? Who is there? Forgive Me, a comedy podcast from Rogue Dialogue. Find out more by going to roguedialogue.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Space. Multiverse. Stars. One stars. One star reviews. Join Negative Nancy and Chatbot aboard the Space Windu as they bring you the worst one star reviews from all across the universe supposed to say that we promise to bring you the very best one-star reviews from all across the multiverse. But you know what? I don't believe it. I don't believe that for one second. I'm rating my driver Marcus one star. Not for his driving ability, but instead for his disloyalty and cowardice. Lackluster moon vacations. A can of beans. Abandoned malls. Cat beds that don't come in human sizes. Dragon stuff. Come have a laugh back at the one-star reviewers. Listen to The One Stars wherever you get your podcasts.